I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between the world of Asian cinema. And if we sound a little different, that's because we're recording this in person. We Whoa. are in the same room. We're in the same room. room. I wish this was a video podcast because Carlos is freaking out and I love it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, we didn't establish safe words before we started. <laughs> oh, it's you know, fine. You, you can see me. You can see yeah. me. Yeah, if there are, you know, 20 to 30, like, harsh cut edits in this episode, then... <laughs> Then you know that we're just taking care of each other. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's really exciting, but mm-hmm. we we've never done this before in never. our five years of recording. Yep. Yeah. We've always been remote, so um, I feel like it's ironic that probably the time that we're in the same room will probably sound the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to us being in separate parts of the country. Yeah. As that goes. But we're also hopefully marking a memorable occasion, which is we are finally actually watching a film. Mm-hmm. Starring Bruce Lee. 1971's The Big Boss. Yes. Wow. We're, we're here, guys. We did it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think to say that we're intimidated to to jump into the Bruce Lee films, I think that's accurate. Yeah. I mean, I, I said it before, but it's honestly just about living up to what everyone sees in Bruce Lee. And I've come to a greater understanding of that thanks to all of the research that I've been doing. And I mean, I already love Bruce Lee. Honestly, I was thinking back to things and I do honestly, it sounds cliche, but I do honestly feel like Enter the Dragon was probably the first Kung Fu film that I ever saw as a kid. Sure. That being said, that also means it was probably like the first boobs i saw in the movie <laughs> <laughs> but we're not talking that's about a, enter, that's, the, that's, we're that's talking about enter the adolescence yeah yeah that's, yeah. A, that's a question for a that's patreon bonus <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so regarding the big boss it's a film that i would uh see much later mm. when i'm just kind of really getting into all of this yeah. stuff and um I've said a long time ago on the podcast that Bruce Lee was somebody that I obviously I understood how amazing he was, but I really, it wasn't really my jam as much as like the crazy Jackie Chan stuff and um, maybe even some of the Shaw Brothers stuff. So um, I, I feel like me studying up on all this stuff, I understand what he brought to all of that and how important this all is. So um, I also feel like it kind of, I get how how it can change a person's life, and I also like really am into how it can literally like, it's it's not just movies and stuff. It's like a life path of martial arts. You <laughs> no, know, totally. And the passion that comes with that. You know, can you imagine what that would be like if yeah. you watched a movie and it literally told you, okay, this is what I'm gonna be doing for the rest of my life. <laughs> Dude, no, that's beautiful. And I, and I think for a lot of. Um... I think for a lot of the movie-going world, uh, whatever that first Bruce Lee film was, that, that is that door into martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for some people, even like Chinese culture, honestly, mm-hmm. um, and some of these principles and philosophies around heroism and self-defense and... And standing up for the little man. Yeah. Yeah. A million percent. Yeah. So the big boss is really important that way, too, is... Um, maybe not intended to be what it became, but it, in a lot of ways it was like a cultural impact for uh, Hong Kong. And um, we see what, what we're going to see a lot more of as we go through these films with this film. So uh, Bruce Lee basically plays kind of an outsider that comes into town and depend, uh, be, because of certain circumstances, he becomes the hero. And uh, there's a lot of context that goes into like the behind of scenes of the film too. That's really interesting to me because Bruce Lee um, was a man that lived on multiple parts of the world, and right. um, that really formed his persona on screen. So before before the, this is his first starring role, and he had already been in the Green Hornet. And he had already done some TV roles, and um, it was kind of a roller coaster of circumstances. So he 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 was in the Green Hornet. The Green Hornet ended, 
And after that, he was struggling a bit, and um, he even had he suffered a back injury. We we discussed that on our April Fool's yeah. episode. Yeah. But um, all of those things kind of led him to take a chance and go back to Hong Kong. He was already kind of planted in the states and really um, wanted to be break you know make a big break in hollywood and one of his good friends was steve mcqueen and that was almost like a star (laughs) rivalry that really drove him to want to do more and um taking a chance and going back to hong kong just for a little bit really kind of roped him into hong kong cinema and that set him on a path to stardom and uh here we see we see the first big film here with the big boss yeah, it's it's interesting going back and rewatching the Big Boss. You can you can really feel some of the behind the scenes changes and adjustments. It's and that Bruce is clearly popping in these dailies and on this footage. And so there's this shift while they're making the movie. Okay, instead of a two hander, this is going to be really more about this guy. Um, but I mean, it so it it turns the movie into kind of this interesting relic, I think, in a way because you're seeing this transition that you can feel that there's an established uh, Hong Kong um, sort of lineage of filmmaking and this production pipeline that's going and that here's this guy and he's interrupting all of it. Mm-hmm. And so something's going to have to change. Right. Yeah. You actually see it as you go through the film. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got James Tian in a major role here, but it honestly is like they're basically auditioning Bruce and at the same time as the lead role and as the movie goes through you you see who ends up winning that role yeah which is crazy to think about but with that came a lot of conflict as well so behind the scenes bruce lee and i mean his thoughts about action and his style on screen was something very different to the standard in hong kong at the time which was like the cantonese opera the peking opera style and you know that the the style of action where you have like you know 13 steps of a choreography and everybody on the crew was used to that so bruce lee came in and he's like uh no 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 no. if i punch you you go down yeah this is what i want to do and that was informed by his work in hollywood so Mm -hmm. on the green hornet there's some pretty uh, well-known stories about him you know thinking okay faster you know crazy and Mm -hmm. over time he realized that doesn't look good on screen so Mm -hmm. um the yeah. one thing that he really wanted to the, deliver is that uh, thought-out action in that style and also uh, understanding the power behind what he's doing. So when Bruce Lee kicks a guy twice and he gets, gets KO'd, that's showing you how strong this character is. And that's something that they didn't really understand about their style of action cinema in Hong Kong. So I feel like uh, Bruce Lee was really bridging that gap, literally bridging the gap, like Jeet Kune Do bridging the gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on screen so i think that um action as a whole owes so much to the big boss just seeing bruce lee yeah that's really well said because i think you could kind of describe some of the hong kong action prior to bruce is uh maybe lacking ferocity um in coming from that peking opera tradition it's a little bit more about staging and um what it might mean dramaturgically like for the story or Mm. and then visually it's more of like a piece of theater or something yeah and this is all comparative to obviously we love all of that stuff yeah totally but also most of the movies that we've covered really are like post bruce lee in which hong kong kind of integrates like this ferocity and violence ultimately back again with the peking Mm. opera um yeah that's that's the thing that was cool to me because i had i've i've seen i'd seen fist of fury and enter the dragon before but i hadn't seen uh, I haven't seen Way of the Dragon or all, all the way through at least. Sure, seen, sure. Like, the, mm-hmm. You know, the Chuck Norris fight scene and stuff because yeah. everyone's seen that. But um, And I'd never seen this before, um, which was... It, it was... Maybe this is maybe this sounds a little mean. I don't mean it to be... It, I was surprised how much of a movie movie it was. No, like no, there actually is like a plot and a story and everything leads to it. And it is ultimately a, a revenge story like we've seen in a lot of these these things but it has a lot it's more like a like workplace a drama that's like yeah. not safe for work really. yeah i said it was like in my notes i said it's like middle management the movie yeah <laughs> but i also feel like it's like probably at like a labor union like convention it's yeah. like the best movie they could show yeah i was gonna <laughs> yeah. say it's like they'll show this in newsies yeah exactly 
but yeah, this is this is kind of about um, in a way it is kind of about like uh, <laughs> a greedy capitalist violently breaking up a union. That is kind of what happens, and then and then we got the the worker Superman Bruce Lee to come in and 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 kick some ass. Yeah, and that's what really uh, resonated with the audiences that saw it. Yeah. There's that uh, that famous story and i believe it originated from linda lee's uh book the man only i knew Mm. where they went to the theater for the premiere Mm. in hong kong and the audience was silent and bruce was kind of worried about how people would react to it Mm. and then right at the end of the movie just an eruption of cheering Mm. and then just everybody just so excited about the film and i mean some of the stories say that he was carried out of the theater which sounds pretty crazy but which they depicted i think yeah really touching way in the dragon film yeah Yeah. but that's yeah that's part of the cultural impact you know from hong kong standpoint Mm. that was i i think i I wrote my notes for dragon wherever they shows that scene that uh whenever it shows him being picked up and carried away from linda i think i just wrote metaphor yeah (laughs) nice (laughs) man Uh, i mean it's interesting too because you kind of get the feeling this project isn't really orchestrated to be bruce's big debut even really the subject matter it's interesting and like you're saying matthew there's there's more meat on the bone than maybe you'd expect in terms of the story Mm. um but there is this feeling as the movie progresses, and I, I think that it was a lot of chronological shooting, like most Hong Kong films, you get the sense that almost everyone is kind of starting to like put 110% into it, all the other actors and the crew, and really almost trying to to like force this to be like a more dramatic, more compelling movie than I think was planned. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with Bruce really trying to make his mark as a a presence in the film industry too because when he showed up he had his own ideas obviously we see how that panned out but there was a lot of pushback so i mean even (laughs) the original director of the film left the film so wu cha shang was the original director and they had already started production on the big boss so i think they were maybe some weeks into filming with james tian then bruce lee shows up and the crew finds out that Bruce Lee's getting paid a lot more than everyone else, right. <laughs> and he has all these ideas. So you can imagine anywhere, you know, who is this guy, you know? Yeah. And um, that drove a lot of the drama in the background. But I think in the end, one of the things that Lo Wei, the, who became the director, and Bruce Lee said was that even though they were com- butting heads a lot, it was for a better product. And I yeah. mean, that could be just playing up to the yeah because it's like because now you're in retrospect saying i worked with like the most legendary hong kong actor yeah. possibly ever yeah and bruce so. lee and lo Wei have such a, a crazy relationship they mm-hmm. he signed a two-year i mean a two-film contract with golden harvest and um those two films were with lo Wei and they had plans to do some other stuff but by then bruce lee was getting really big and he was like oh, i want to do my own thing so um there's also stories of like low way saying that he he trained him or something yeah like some crazy stuff like that yeah all like... the the posthumous claims around bruce are so interesting and and really all need to be taken with the with a grain of salt <laughs> um and yeah so we've talked a lot about golden harvest on the show um this is one of the really the older golden harvest films i think we've ever covered mm-hmm. and um it's really cool kind of dropping into this point in time because it's very much an independent film, say contrasted with Shaw Brothers films of the period. Lots of handheld camera, mm-hmm. lots of using um, existing locations, uh, pulling in <laughs> extras, kind of like uh, a lot of MacGyvery. Yeah. You know, kind of, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, they filmed this in, in Thailand and you can see that there are a lot of Thai extras in the film. Yeah, totally. And it's, um, so I think that's maybe something that gets kind of forgotten too. There, there's a little bit of like a verite kind of feeling through the whole movie. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it, it all, all of these elements that we're talking about kind of come together and really make the big boss distinct from this small set of films that we have from Bruce. Yeah. Um, well, I think there's some other interesting things that we can talk about, about the film and this is kind of weird because we're all here together and um <laughs> yeah. so we'll we'll definitely uh, dance our way through the plot of the movie yeah. 
Um, but maybe it's a good yeah. time to talk about it. Sure. Yeah, I think so. It was a good time to look at it. But first, take a look at the back of the VHS, which isn't going to happen here. That'll happen later. So It's yeah, amazing. I heard him say it in person. I, I know. know. <laughs> He's real. He's real. <laughs> the young man, Cheng Chao'an, makes his way to the city to find work and hold true to his vow to avoid a violent life. He begins work with his friends at an ice factory in the city of Pak Chong. But all is not what it seems, and the seeds of corruption plant misery and despair to the people closest to him. Vows are made to be broken, and Cheng Chao'an must rise to defend and avenge the people that have been scarred by the men in charge. Bruce Lee makes his violent debut as the cinema hero we all now know. These fists of fury will not stop until they have defeated the big boss. Um, so the first thing I want to say is, uh, did you know that if you start Dark Side of the Moon, it's going to play all the way through? <laughs> oh man, that's great. Um, yeah, so we're greeted with some titles after the iconic Golden Harvest logo, and um, one of the first things that Matthew noticed was, hey, what's with all these different versions of the movie? Yeah, yeah, that was fascinating because the the, um, the DVD that Carlos ripped uh, has three, or has four different tracks, but basically three different versions. The English dub, a Cantonese version, and a Mandarin version. All three of them have different soundtracks. Yeah. All three of them have completely different music. Thankfully, though, the Wikipedia article is actually pretty instructive. It is. It's yeah, it definitely points detailed. you in the direction to find out all of that yeah. information. Um, yeah, so the the Mandarin version, let me, let me make sure. That's <laughs> Wan Fu Ling's score. So um, there's also Cantonese Cantonese version by Joseph Ko. That has needle drops from a lot of music, and that's why I make the Pink Floyd joke. So you'll hear material from Pink Floyd in there. You'll hear material from. King Crimson also. And that was the basis for the initial English dub as well, right? I think so. I think that was like in the... So there's an original dub of it that's like a Hong Kong expatriate-like dub. I haven't seen that version, um, but I have seen like the uh, the other version, and I believe that that's from the early '80s. Gotcha. So um, then the English version of the film, um, which originally was brought over as Fists of Fury, right. that's Poor like off. a whole <laughs> Street Fighter like Balrog and Bison yeah. Vega situation. Um, that has a score by a German composer Peter Thomas. <laughs> That's pretty widely available. I think it's on Spotify and iTunes mm-hmm. and everything. And that's really good score too. Yeah, was that the one that? Because I know there's a score that was discovered a bit later and then kind of reintegrated mm. into the film. Um, that I don't know. Versions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. But we right away when you start the movie, that's what you see is during the titles, three different versions. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we're blessed to have access to all of these now, especially yeah, we yeah, got that's the Criterion release mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, and and officially because yeah. obviously a lot of these movies, there's lots of great unofficial sources that have everything put together. But it's mm-hmm. nice that there's official stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, that is rare. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the basic plot of the movie is that. Like Bruce plays uh, like a new kind of a new guy in town um, in in Thailand, uh, working at an, an ice factory. I guess. Yeah. Um, you gotta have, gotta have those. Gotta have an ice factory. Gotta stay Especially cool. In Thailand. Yeah, in Thailand, it's hot. Thailand. You gotta <laughs> stay, gotta stay cool. 
And there's like this increasing drama between the people working at the ice factory and the management. And then the manager also has a guy he reports to, which I guess in my mind, that's the big boss. That's the titular big boss. Yes. Yeah, I Um, think so. And and things just get out of control. And like everyone that Bruce is staying with gets systematically killed off. Um, until Bruce has to break his his vow of of non-violence to to kind of save the day. Yeah, so like well, one of the initial things you find out is that he he's kind of made an oath to not fight. Mm-hmm. And that isn't really explained in the film itself, but um right. what what I learned is that he has this jade pendant that's been given to him by his mother and according to I guess some uh, extra materials there's like photo book or something that um, his father was killed in like a duel, like a fight. Gotcha. And he's the last of his family line. So it sort of carries this huge. Yeah. So there's weight, weight to mm-hmm. that. But yeah, he, he comes to town looking for work and looking to get away. And honestly, you kind of almost think about Bruce Lee having to leave Hong Kong because he was getting in fights and right. making his way over to America so that you could kind of pull that comparison. And uh, he ends up staying with some, some well, you know, they use uncle and the cousin and those yeah, yeah. brother terms differently. So he, he stays with a quote-unquote family, mm. and uh, they get him a job at this ice factory. And, yeah, you, you quickly see that there's corruption going on. Yeah. The other thing that we should say, um, and I think it's a it's a nice warning to anyone jumping into the movies. There's a, a lot of the film that doesn't feature Bruce at all. Yeah. Like the first half of it has maybe, maybe 10% of the first half. However, that works. Yeah. It doesn't have any Bruce or is, that's only that Bruce appears in it. And he's usually standing off to the side, seeing people get into fights and then holding up the pendant and then putting it back. Yeah, um, and or the, the or the 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 cute girl falling in love with him. Right. That, yeah. That too. In the Cantonese version, whenever he reaches for that pendant, there's like this yeah, yeah. lullaby melody yeah. that plays that works sometimes but not always. <laughs> But I really like it. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. yeah, the first kind of fight scene that we see is James Tian kind of standing up for some bullies. They they go to sit like right when they come in they go to sit at a like a vendor stand. Yeah. And the um we see a starlet here that doesn't really have a major role. That's Nora Miao. Mm-hmm. So we'll see a lot more of her as we cover these films. And um she was basically thrown into the film. She doesn't have a major role, but um looking back and seeing you're like whoa like she's in this movie and then she doesn't do anything in the movie yeah but uh there was talks that they wanted to kind of position her to have more starring roles and throwing her into this film and they were also gonna like film uh like a jeet kune do like kind of short with bruce lee that was supposed to co-star her and that was gonna go at the beginning of one of her films okay that didn't end up happening so what what we're left if is with uh, basically a cameo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Like maybe yeah. she came to visit Bruce, mm-hmm. and this kind of came to sort of slap together. Yeah. So um, yeah, James Tian hops in, defends some dudes, and uh, Bruce clutches his <laughs> pearls. <laughs> yeah, and that's whenever they meet. Like the the whole the whole is my it's my uh, my in laws. So the whole fam damnly. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> everyone's uh it's and there's a few people that like we recognize in here too like the one that stood out to me was um lam ching ying mr yeah. mr vampire himself yep. is in there and he is and he actually he gets a little bigger of a role as the movie goes on yeah. but he's he's like kind of just one of the people there and he's yeah. ends up yeah, being more, a huge more fresh face guy. than we've ever ever seen him yeah and more hair i don't yeah. think i've ever seen him with yeah. uh, mm-hmm. so as the story progresses we've got bruce uh cheng chowan he's um, starting to work at this ice factory and just on accident he causes uh, one of the ice blocks to fall off the track and break <laughs> apart. This is no ordinary ice block. Yeah. That's right. So it's revealed that there's some uh, mysterious stuff tucked into these ice blocks yeah. and uh, unfortunately for the people that discover it's it It's dope. Sorry. <laughs> it's dope. It's uh, that's, dope. Oh, that's that dub line. Like, I feel like that has to be in a Wu-Tang Clan or something yeah. song <laughs> somewhere in there. That was dope. 
Yeah. Another another great bit is whenever he says like, "Oh, it's my fault," and then instantly gets punched by. Oh, the and the, the snap zoom right oh. there is so good. It's like Bruce just shoots a look at this guy like, yeah. "What did you just do?" <laughs> 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 but yeah, yeah. So um, two of the other guys that are along uh, with his crew, they get kind of called over to the manager, yeah. and he's like, "Hey." Uh, what do you see over there? And they're like, oh, you know, we saw some stuff. Uh, our family told us to stay away from drugs or blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, why don't you take this take money? This money? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, we can't take money. And he's like, oh, yeah. well, you're, you're not going to say anything, though, right? And they're like, yeah, we're not going to say anything. And then, you know, he gives the then, the look. Yeah, then he then he yeah. sends them to a nice farm upstate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, yeah, another factor in this film that maybe people that aren't as familiar with Bruce Lee's films are with is it's pretty violent this movie is, is very violent it feels almost like exploitation-y movie yeah. with the violence because whenever these guys get killed they get like chopped up and frozen into the ice yeah, at the factory got, yeah That's we're at a true. factory so there's like saw blades and yeah. all these kind of tools laying around and actually one of the things that I heard um and on this again I'm kind of leaning on Matthew Pauly's book, uh, which I highly recommend, is uh, the crew, like I said, Bruce was the highest paid. Right. And I think the budget for the film was like maybe around 100000 and Bruce was paid like 7500 <laughs> The next highest like bill was The Blood. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Blood was the next Bruce highest Bruce and The cost. Blood. That could be it. Yep. <laughs> so uh, there's also some censorship that we're going to encounter throughout the film and uh, when these two young men are killed there's a bit where they bring the saw up from the ground this man's already killed but they have to dispose of the body mm-hmm. and um, in earlier cuts of the film they show a lot more of that body getting sliced in half and um, some of this film has been preserved some of it hasn't and there are yeah, evidence of these things like, notorious mm-hmm. like scene of violence has never emerged in yeah. any form, right? Right, right, right. So now these dudes are gone, and their friends are like, hey, where are these guys at? James Tian's still in the lead of this film, so he's yeah. like, all right, I'm going to have to, you know, check this out. And uh, <laughs> now we see how the casting choice <laughs> leads his character. <laughs> this isn't the time to mention in the podcast, yeah. but I love that the, the goons look like the sharks from yeah. West Side oh, Story. Yeah, totally. So, uh, I mean, it is but like time, a so. 1970s production or something. Yeah, yeah. So, who we haven't mentioned yet is the titular big boss of the yeah. film. And um, it's he's played by Han Ying Chie. And we've seen him going back to Broken Oath, going back yeah. to Come Drink With Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, longtime Hong Kong star and action director. He plays the villain here. He's also the action director, and that's also a point of contention. <laughs> right? Um, right. So you, you've you got this man who's got, he's like, yeah, this is how we do it. This is how we're going to do it in this film. Mm-hmm. You've got Bruce Lee coming in. So um, James Tian's character, he arrives at the big boss's uh, mansion, questioning things. And uh, yeah, it's not going to end too well for him. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, it's... It's really interesting thinking of this uh, this clash of action styles that you were talking about at the beginning of the episode, Carlos. And I don't know. It's uh, I think it's still a little bit uh, open for debate whether Bruce actually got like his ultimate um, vision of screen action realized ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's fair to say that. We probably only get really kind of glimpses, I think, in the big in the big boss. Um, but it is also just as fans of the cinema, it's really cool, kind of getting this late '60s, early '70s, um, you know, f- uh, sorry, late '60s, early '70s feel for for kind of the standard Hong Kong Hong Kong action, which, um, yeah, I don't know how how well it holds up for. Um, kind of an uninitiated audience mm-hmm. to be honest um yeah yeah i see that i'm, I'm yeah I don't, it's hard for me because i'm like yeah my head is so, so yeah, deep yeah. into it right now <laughs> i get that i think it's it just it 
it does have a couple of uh, fights early on that kind of hop you into it. But I think the movie really gets into high gear actually about about here because this is whenever they they kind of this is the first we get to see what the, the big boss is is capable of. Yeah. Um, and I, I wrote I wrote in my my notes the shark starts snapping because <laughs> because oh, nice. there's like because there's like a big fight cool. with yeah <laughs> there's a big fight with the uh, like all these goons. Yeah, and actually, yeah, here's where you'll start to hear Pink Floyd and um, the ticking clock from time <laughs> plays right. through oh, this. Oh, cool. And they use that as, like, a cue, mm-hmm. like, to emphasize, like, tension. Right, you go. So I think that's pretty great. But, yeah, you're, you're seeing uh, James Tian take it to the goons, and... um. Yeah, such a difference from Bruce Lee's controlled precision. James Tan, also like somebody we've talked about a lot on the podcast, but most of the roles that we've seen him in have been like kind of like a heavy like boss, the big boss that we're seeing right, here, right, you know, right. kind of sitting behind while all the other dudes are doing the dirty work. And um, this was kind of like the start of his trajectory to that type of role. Mm. And um, yeah, uh, the the other characters that I wanted to mention is that. We get both Peter Chan and Billy Chan. Uh, we've seen them a lot, and um, we'll see them as we go through the film, too. And you're getting action that has, like, a lot of these kind of trampoline jumps yeah. and kind of wild, kind of almost wuxia-style, like, fights with James here. And um, But it's interesting. It's, like, with usually a very close camera. Mm, and good point. It's, like, a lot of, yeah, a lot of handheld staging of, of the shot. So it's, like... There's a really kind of independent sort of wild quality to a lot of this. I, I mean, I, I don't know if this is if this is apocryphal or not, but I don't know. I almost get the sense that James is is either directly or indirectly influenced by by Bruce's approach to action here. Like, it feels like he is trying to like demonstrate the kind of martial arts ferocity that Bruce does. Like. You, I feel like you wouldn't see this sequence in a film like the year before, you know. Sure, like he's trying to live up to the competition. Right yeah, now. like who knows what's going on behind the scenes, yeah. and you know Bruce kind of <laughs> being vocal about his opinions about everything. Mm. It's interesting. You, the going back to something you said before, I wonder when that score was made because this movie came out in 1971, but Dark Side of the Moon didn't come out until 1973. Right, and that, yeah, I heard. Yeah, I, I remember taking notes on that somewhere, but I well, can't remember. Well, I know that part of the title confusion is mm-hmm. that I think, at least as far as a wide release mm-hmm. in the West, it was the first two films together. Okay. So it's possible that um, some of this post production, like dubbing soundtrack stuff, yeah, didn't kind of happen until after Chinese Connection. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, so yeah, he James Tan gets killed. Um, yeah, and and uh, yeah. another moment where we have some edit here for for blood, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's yeah again, it gets surprisingly violent, surprisingly bloody in this this kind of interaction. Yeah. So um, now that James Tian's character is no longer with us, um, you're gonna see Cheng Chao An move into the lead role, and uh, one of the first things he does is set out to find his friends. Um, this takes him back to Nora Meow for a little bit, but uh, that's really <laughs> all you're going to see yeah. of her. <laughs> and um, eventually... Oh. Yes, it's not quite a detective story. We get these kind of like ask-around-town montages, mm-hmm. um, but the asking-around-town doesn't doesn't always kind of kind of get, <laughs> get you there. I don't know. Yeah, and what... what what happens is like the the workers, you know, it's now it's a worker versus management situation. Yeah. They're starting to demand that the manager produces their missing friends, and they, he's like, "Oh, we'll call the cops, or we'll send people out." They, you know, they, maybe they went out gambling or something. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, and like the shift supervisor or whatever he is, he's just like so slippery. They're like, "It's dope guy." It's like, "No, I didn't see him." It's like, "Oh, that they were there." Oh, I mean, I saw them, but like, <laughs> I didn't like see them. See them. It's like, yeah, not very convincing. Yeah, and now with uh, Cheng Chao An kind of stepping into this role, 
um, that Jade Pendant isn't going to really last much yeah. longer. So uh, in the middle of the fracas, uh, the Pendant gets busted, and Bruce is like, all right, let's go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you, you broke the Pendant. That means I broke. I, I get to break the promise. Yeah. So. One of my favorites is... Um, with uh, Bruce just doing the two kicks to Billy Chan. Yes. Oh, that's such a good kick. <laughs> I was watching it, and my wife was there, and um, I'm like, Joanna, check this out. This dude's going to get knocked out cold. <laughs> it's just like, one, two, kick the knife out, kick you, and he just mm-hmm. stone cold laid out. It's great. Yeah. And that was... That was uh... While the while the dub is a, it's a classic dub that's you know a ton of fun to listen to, it's... Like it's it's hard to watch Bruce Lee fight and not hear all of the the vocalizations. Yeah, yeah. and I, I I for a little bit I watched the dub and then during the fight scene switched to the Cantonese so that I could hear him him going nuts. No, that's kind of a good strategy. You should make like an ultimate um, audio. <laughs> it just just changes language in the middle of it i also love that there's like a whole busload of guys that just show up <laughs> yeah like there's a bat signal somewhere for the yeah. ice factory <laughs> yeah, like, like we said before these movies kind of feel like inspiration for a lot of video games and this is such a video game level of like you come in and then all the dudes show up and some of them have weapons some of them don't some of them are like more advanced and stuff yeah totally yeah. And there's literally bosses and sub bosses. <laughs> yeah, no, well said. I mean, which is kind of a structural theme in a lot of Bruce's movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think in many ways, like Bruce's high kicks are kind of the star of the mm-hmm. star of the show here. It's like they they really stand out amongst movies of of the era here in Hong Kong. Yeah, and and Bruce Lee's iconic like triple roundhouse kick is is always great to see. Um, I think. Um, like martial law in Tekken has the triple roundhouse like <laughs> and um you just see a lot of these iconic movements from him that have been translated into so many video game characters um the other thing I wanted to mention and some people notice is that he's got like a bandage on his finger and that's actually he got like a a cut from a glass so um you'll see that kind of zip in and zip out based on the editing of the yeah. film and you see it in this scene right here. Mm-hmm. So uh, the other thing is that, uh, okay, you think, all right, the workers now, like, this is yeah. great. But the management has another, like, trick up their sleeves. Yeah, so, now um, they're going to try to kind of sweet talk him. Yeah. And, and the boss basically invites the Bruce character to, to, to dinner and has, like, you know, surrounds him with, with lots of beautiful women and... Uh, and uh Hennessy, I think I think it yeah, literally it's is Hennessy. Yeah. Um and the him drinking is like I like I saw him like, that's too much, Bruce. That's too much in your glass, man. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of interesting too. There's a couple interesting things is um one, according to Brandon Bentley's commentary on the Criterion release, that dinner scene is shot in this one little room that's actually like filmed in Bruce's Bangkok hotel room. Oh I, I believe that. But also in the Steve Carriage, Bruce Lee, Mandarin Superstar, it said that it was filmed at a back room in the Poonsen Chinese restaurant near the hotel. So mm, gotcha. either way, you can kind of get a little idea of what yeah. the movie magic It sounds like is. maybe a scene kind of driven by, by a Bruce concept. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then uh, also you've got a moment here where there's some censorship. So originally when Bruce is getting tanked, he looks at the, the hostess and he sees uh, Chow Mei. The the yeah. the cousin quote unquote yeah it's cousin. almost like a Looney Tunes kind yeah. of <laughs> so apparently that's so good yeah apparently there's a cut where he sees the hostess nude mm-hmm. um, they took that out but I mean we'll see her nude later yeah. in the film and um, the other thing I wanted to mention that you were talking about with alcohol consumption is that Bruce really wasn't a heavy mm-hmm. drinker mm-hmm. and um, there's a couple of stories about him getting really sick drinking just a little bit and sure um you know in that hollywood crowd he'd be going to parties and stuff yeah. but he would just kind of be sipping on tea or something mm-hmm. and um one of the um theories that matthew Polly posits is that bruce suffered from alcohol flush reaction which uh-huh. is a, a an affliction that 
affects a lot of Asian men. Sure. They can't me- metabolize alcohol, so it really like jacks them up. Huh. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of funny seeing him here. I, yeah. I yeah. can't imagine that that was actually I'm alcohol. Sure not, then. I know. But that's that is one of my favorite cuts, and it is whenever like because the, the the rest of like the family is eating dinner, and they're much more like humble kind yeah, of yeah. Uh, home. And there's a bit where you know the chow mei is really worried, but then one of the people's like, "We know you're crazy about the guy, and you know what? We think you're going to make us welfare. He's probably thinking the same thing right this minute." And it jump cuts to the the girl laying right on top of Bruce, who's like passed out on the the audience, like yelling at the screen. Yeah, yeah. So we get an actual like a sex scene here, Mm -hmm. and yeah, um, legitimately. Yep. Um, I also before we jump past that, you have to make gifts of Bruce Lee's. Yes, Bruce Bruce Lee's drunk acting is is pretty good. (laughs) There are not enough gifts of that side of Bruce Lee and on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> my my note just says boobs here, yeah, <laughs> which I wasn't. Again, that's going with like kind of like exploitation thing. Like I wasn't expecting that side of it. It's interesting. The morning after, how Bruce's character kind of handles it. Um, uh, some really nice acting from him. You can tell it's like he's kind of confused, ashamed. He doesn't. He doesn't say like, "Oh, I thought you were a different one." Yeah. Um. But then he's also sort of like polite as he's as he kind of like makes his exit. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, I'm a lot of people know about the film, but this was actually filmed at a brothel in. Oh. Chong. Oh wow. <laughs> and, and the extras in the background are actually are, are sex actual sex workers. workers. Oh wow. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. There's the funny don't gotta train actors if it's the real thing. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That funny moment when he is running out of the brothel and he runs into Chow Mei. And actually, yeah, we haven't talked about her much, but she's kind of like the love interest in it. But it doesn't really kind of develop into a thing. But one of the funny things that I I heard was that when they localized it, um, you know, they call each other brother and sister. Right. right. So uh, that was misunderstood when they were localizing it because they didn't want it to seem incestuous. Mm-hmm. Incestuous. Incestu- but um, <laughs> so what they did is they changed the localization to make them cousins. That's which, bad. Less, I mean, I, I guess that's less. But it's, that literally it, made them related. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's right. Because yeah, you don't funny. necessarily have like use cousins as like a stand-in for like family friends yeah that's only for like a relative yeah Yeah. i think that's pretty funny (laughs) so he gets back and everybody's like where are you and he's like uh i went to a party yeah (laughs) what (laughs) so now you're gonna get some conflict between cheng chowan and his homies and uh he was promoted to be the foreman yeah and now they're not listening to him yeah, it is interesting because we see these two, um, you see those two like supporting characters earlier refuse the bribe money, and then get killed, and we essentially see kind of our hero sort of take the bribe. Yeah, it's a really interesting kind of turn. Yeah, but yeah, now there now he's he's alone because all the like he's kind of a I don't know. Like now that he's the manager, and now like everyone's like, no, you're you're not staying true to your roots, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you sold out, dude. Yeah, <laughs> middle management. Middle management. <laughs> so Can't he trust, goes. Sorry, any middle managers listening. Yeah, uh, he goes to the manager and he says, "Hey, uh, people are asking about Su Xian, James Tian's character, and uh, I need to find something out." So. The boss is like the manager's like, all right, all right, all right, we'll we'll do something. So then he calls up to the big boss, and um, they're like, yeah, he's gonna come and check you out. And he's like, okay, we gotta set something up. So now we're gonna get Cheng Chao on. Get me twelve dogs. Get me fifteen trampolines. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's gonna go to visit. Oh, the dogs! I love the dogs because you can tell those dogs are just having the time of their life. <laughs> yeah, like they look so happy yeah. to just be sitting yeah, there and just guarding. sitting there looking. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 tight shots are pretty funny so they actually like drug the dogs so they were just like asleep and they were literally throwing (laughs) the dogs yeah and i believe that that was uh filmed 
in Hong Kong, if mm-hmm. I'm remembering right. Because they're all tight shots and you yeah. just see the sky. Yeah, so Bruce Lee had a lot of hesitations. I mean, he, he grew up... I mean, he his family, they had dogs. Sure. So he was a dog person, but he wasn't crazy about filming these action scenes with the dogs. And yeah, there's these really hilarious cuts <laughs> of just these like... L- ragdoll dogs being tossed oh. at Bruce Lee. <laughs> Poor guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wild, man. Yeah. But we've seen a lot worse with animals we have, on the that's podcast. That's true. We, we, no, no animals are getting yes. killed on screen, so... <laughs> and there's just something about Lowe's confidence. It's like the... Yeah, what he, what he believes is kind of working. And that's very much true, you know in a post-Bruce world when Lo Wei is really the first director that kind of attempted to make Jackie Chan a star. And we see plenty of moments in a lot of those films where it's like, oh, I don't I don't know that this is really very credible, but <laughs> okay, I'll go with you. Yep. Yeah, so the the majority of this action is just with the dogs. Just dogs. And dog uh, he gets the answers, enough answers to go back to his guys and be like, hey, I talked to him about it. Mm-hmm. And that's one thread we haven't talked about yet is the boss's son. Oh, dude, so good. The, the boss's, dub voice. The dub voice oh. for the boss's son is great because the guy, I'm sure he was given the script two seconds before and is like, yeah. just read this. Oh, okay. Hey, Dad, could you let me have 2,000 yen? Huh? Out of money again? Yeah, I'm afraid so. <laughs> it's like, I'm not interested in doing this. You're perfect. Yeah, perfect. Right for it. Um, but he has he has a good look. I love his his, his shirt. Yeah, he's like totally. this, this kind of like lavender shirt. Um, but he's one of his through lines is that he's saying that he's going to get like this new young woman for the boss. Yeah. Um, which obviously is creepy enough on its own, and it's really creepy. It's like, hey, dad, I'm going to help you get laid. Yeah. Um, but um, but but the the woman that he's but in the trying to get, they made him his nephew, so it's a lot. <laughs> 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 but the woman that he's going after is the Chow Mei character. Yeah. Um, so that leads to kind of the final like act of this, which is uh, Bruce, like the everyone else is like determined, like we need to figure out what happened to, to our, to our, you know, our, our cousin, brother, right. friend, whatever it is they're going to, they got to figure it out. And it, this is kind of harrowing. Like if you want to jump to the, that last scene. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so Bruce, is starting to snoop around a little bit and he actually goes to talk to the hostess at the brothel and she kind of lets him know hey um yeah there's some drug stuff going on yeah and um she re- that's actually yeah some relevant to the plot nudity where um, <laughs> when bruce meets with the best kind yeah the boss early on he he's got these servant girls around him and a girl spills a drink and he uses like a blow dart to like discipline her so she goes oh and and uh, later on when he's talking with the hostess at the brothel she shows him the scars from that so Mm -hmm. there's a through line here so he he trusts her with this information right and uh shortly after then she almost immediately gets a knife thrown at her so bruce makes his way to uh a barn by the factory Mm -hmm. and i think here we get pretty much our most our iconic action scene yeah and um i th- i another thing that i keep going back to is everybody when they think about bruce lee they think about oh so hardcore so cool and all this stuff mm-hmm. this really falls in line with a lot of the mortal Kombat conversation we had <laughs> earlier where sure. there's a lot of violence there's like looney tunes like caliber <laughs> like, situations <laughs> and um yeah it's just so silly like when you look at it but honestly another like you know one man against the world mm -hmm. um kind of kind of arrangement which is is sort of how how bruce liked it i mean he he wants to demonstrate um beyond the needs of the character he wants to demonstrate to the world i bruce lee am the greatest fighter living yeah Um, and how else do you do you kind of make that case um without him kind of going against 20 or 30 dudes in a yeah. tight space. Yeah, but the, yeah, the difference here is that there are tools everywhere, yeah. and they come into play in this action sequence. So the first thing he does is has like an ice pick because he's 
he's chipped away at these ice blocks and he can see yeah. one he can see the drugs mm-hmm. two he can also see that there are bodies encased in the ice which i feel like if you're hiding bodies why would you put them in a clear ice yeah sheet? clear ice that but can whatever. easily melt but whatever it's fun it looks it looks cool it looks yeah, very it's, cool. it's very spooky and it was also a moment of censorship uh where there was more graphic photos of these uh uh dead bodies um so a fight breaks out in the barn um with bruce and the boss's son and all of his thugs yeah and um we also get i guess one of the most infamous uh deleted scenes Mm -hmm. where bruce kind of steps back and he his foot touches a handsaw and in uh an early cut of the film he grabs that handsaw and literally like slices into a guy's head like we're talking like Sam Raimi level. Yeah, like, and you showed me a set photo. Yeah, there are yeah. set photos of this, but the footage apparently has been lost. Mm-hmm. And um, I love it. <laughs> oh yeah, it is, it's it is goofy, gory kind of kind of like Sam, Sam Raimi is a good is a good yeah, uh, example nice, for that. Nice reference. And weren't you saying, Carlos, that um, beyond the violence, one of the issues is that it wasn't a very convincing. Yeah. The other thing I heard was that they either it was Bruce or uh, whoever they weren't really happy with how the effect ended up looking. Yeah. I heard that um, it might have actually been like a rotoscope kind of cut the frame to match oh, gotcha. like an insertion of a blade. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that was also on the Brandon, ben- Brandon Bentley commentary on the Criterion release. Gotcha. Um, yeah, a lot of fun information there. And um yeah, but this fight is great. It, it explodes in this barn, yeah. and then it leads out outside of the barn, and also Sorry, we, we've yeah. got the movie running. Yeah, with yeah. the movie running, and one yeah. of the one of the best bits of the whole fight is that he he they get outside, and Legendary. there's there's a guy that's yeah. like gets gets pinned up against the wall, and Bruce like you know does a big punch into him, and then it cuts. It doesn't even show it, but it cuts out to a wide shot, and there's just this Looney Tunes outline of the guy. Yeah, this perfect. Wall. Silhouette, of uh, like literally a wily coyote kind of thing. And, yeah. and that is a thing that Bruce Lee was trying to fight against. He didn't mm-hmm. like that, but it ended up in the film. I'm glad it ended up in the film. Oh yeah, it's yeah. goofy yeah. as hell. I love it. Yeah. And there's so many like bits where he like like kicks knives out and throws them at yeah. people and mm-hmm. uh it's it's a really cool fight lots of more um, bruce isms here yeah. we got him licking his own blood yeah that's and good it's enraging classic. himself it, like fills his super meter yeah. basically <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh yeah fighting the boss's son he's kind mm-hmm. of like the heavy in the situation which honestly like physically n- how can you match Bruce Lee's commanding yeah. physicality here? Yeah. So he just gets jobbed out like everyone else does. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's such a great scene. Mm-hmm. Could watch it many, many times. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, in some ways, like probably like the first great Bruce Lee yep. fight sequence. One of the other things that I want to mention before we move away with that from that is that in the Mandarin version of the film. There are a couple moments where there are needle drops for mm. the score, mm-hmm. and one of the ones that I really enjoy is that um, when he's snooping around in, in that barn before he gets discovered, uh, the cue is actually from uh, Dai Majin, a Dai like kaiju film. Oh, wow. oh cool. And, Akira Ifubuke did the score oh, for that. Oh, dude, awesome. So, um, yeah, connection. it's really cool to find that connection. And actually, to tease our our arc, that's not going to be the last Daimajin connection <laughs> oh, <cool. laughs> to, to Bruce Lee. So that's uh, pretty fun. So after that, uh, Bruce gets a little introspective because he's like, he's like realizing just how hard he broke this uh, this this vow. Yeah. Um, and we get kind of another harrowing scene because he goes back home and uh, he's like looking for all his his you know his his family and they are all dead like all of them even there was like a little boy that we saw earlier in the movie that was selling dumplings he's also dead yeah. um, and uh, May is is missing 
And so it feels like he's like, oh, man, I gave him to the violence. I really shouldn't. And then he goes home. He's, he's like, like, oh, it's never kar- mind. Karmic kind of. You know, yeah, yeah. Never, never mind. Back to violence. Yeah. It also kind of feels to me like almost like a mafia film or something sure. where everything yeah. is just getting worse and yeah. worse and worse. And you're just pulled into this mm-hmm. cycle of violence. Which, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine it's one of the sequences that stands out in people's memory when thinking of the movie. And yeah, credit to Huawei, I think it's... I think it's a very well constructed sequence and it's kind of the first opportunity for some of the most dramatic acting for Bruce on film. Oh yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, there are these moments, these very dramatic moments that he gets to really really shine. He didn't really have like he had he took like some acting lessons, but he didn't really have like acting like studies. He was Right, right. He was always a martial artist first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So now this is like the final, final scene where he he goes for like the final confrontation against the big boss. Um, and he's uh, one one kind of uh, kind of on the nose metaphor that I liked was the boss is holding like this bird cage. Yeah. And at one point, Bruce knocks over the bird cage and lets the bird free. Right. Like, hey, I get it. I get it. It's perfect. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and um, before this scene, there's another deleted scene where oh, cool. um, what we get is uh, Cheng Chao An going back to this river setting that hit, mm-hmm. shows up a couple of times through the film, and um, he's he's basically discarding his humanity. He's yeah. making the choice. It's funny. He he's sitting there thinking like oh, my mom wouldn't want me to fight. Mm-hmm. And if I go to jail, who's going to take care of her? But he looks towards the water and he sees all of his friends that have passed yeah. away. And he's like... My double exposure. He's like, shit, no, yeah. I'm, I'm going to kill <laughs> nah. these guys. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that scene. Don't but work, mom. Yeah, but uh, another scene that was deleted was that he went... Another case of kind of, you know, the last hurrah mm-hmm. kind of situation. He goes back to the brothel. And has another encounter with a sex worker there. And uh, this is another thing that the scene doesn't exist, but there are production photos. So Mm -hmm. the production photo you'll see is of Bruce basically standing nude with like a very strategically placed chair in front of him. And um, it's hard to imagine any world where that that scene in this moment of the story would work. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like um, the audiences didn't like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could so it was, it was removed that. from the final cut. Yeah, but now we're getting some more action. We got yeah, some more yeah. thugs and their various colored shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very bright <laughs> colors. Um, and they and they all get they all get murked pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, too. lots of knives getting thrown into chests in front of the a big boss's like quote unquote mansion. There's yeah. like this really nice open field, and there's like a kind of a little pool beyond that and they use that space even though it's a big open space they use it really well yeah i, I love... agree it's kind of rare to see just like these big open lawn <laughs> fights in in like hong kong action at this point but yeah, yeah and like low angles you know help yeah. with yeah, well, high jumps and um there's a couple of great stunts where bruce is kicking some of these thugs and launching them into the pool where they mm-hmm. smash cut to a obviously a stuntman who ran and jumped into yeah, the water yeah. but i think it works really well yeah, yeah. it looks super cool yeah, and um there. yeah there's a really cool documentary that actually came out maybe um four or five years ago by mm-hmm. john little who was oh, a bruce okay. lee estates like kind of main man when it came to keeping bruce's like yeah. notes and everything and mm-hmm. um it's called tracking the dragon mm-hmm. and it's basically a documentary low budget documentary tracking all of the locations for bruce lee's films and um yeah you can get it on dvd and they cover this i think this is a mausoleum actually oh sure huh. yeah but it's pretty cool because they go to these spots and they kind of try to when they can they stage the shot in the same way that it's staged in the film mm-hmm. but you get to see what the place looks like now oh, and obviously it looks very, very cool. similar but time takes its toll yeah. on every yeah. place i believe that the the pool doesn't have water anymore and it looks a bit more run down yeah yeah well it's kind of a it's kind of a unique um context for this final fight because it's also in some ways it's like the two action directing like points of view bat- battling it out yeah mm-hmm. it's and the of course yeah. ideologies yeah 
But even this fight wasn't without some of its drama because um, Bruce uh, would sustain an injury during the filming of this. It was an ankle injury, and um, towards the end of this fight, you start to see that come into play. Something similar like... Um, uh, Jackie getting his tooth kicked out right, right. <laughs> in the Snake and the yeah. Eagle Shadow. Um, and uh, the end of this fight, there's some really tight shots, and it's kind of like uh, they write in that he got stabbed in the leg or sliced by mm. the big boss. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, there's a lot of cool energy to this fight. Mm-hmm. The other thing that you mentioned earlier, Marty, was that handheld camera, and I think. That there are a lot of moments in the fight choreography where it actually works. Like, I I love the POV camera shots of yeah. Bruce kicking towards the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looks super great. cool, and that's yeah. like a handheld situation. And they feel mm-hmm. kind of like they want you into the future. Very modern, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I totally feel that too. And, um, yeah, so this fight, it goes on for a little bit. And there actually were some shots that they did in Hong Kong afterwards. So you'll see these shots of pointing towards the ground of them kind of grappling with each other. Yeah. You don't see the background. Those were shot, I believe, they were shot in Hong Kong after filming in, in Thailand. Yeah, effective okay. intercut there. There's a there's a brief, I think, just so that we can get our, our final shot. There's kind of a, a brief that where one of the women uh, runs out of the, the mansion and tells uh, May to basically to, to, to releases her and says, you know, go get go get the cops. Yeah. Um, and that's whenever we get our, our final kind of uh, the the finishing move uh, against the the boss where the boss has this knife and he he like he gets the the he gets the knife out of the boss's hands and then he stabs the the boss with his fingers he like yeah. shoves them into his ribs it's very violent yeah um and like that it, was that was an earlier yeah. scene that was cut from uh, the the widely distributed versions mm-hmm. that we we has been inserted into yeah. these versions that we're seeing today. Yeah. But yeah, and it's, it's, it looks so cool. Like with like the, the blood running down and like, there's just kind of blood everywhere. <laughs> um, you could almost say finish him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is very much a fatality. <laughs> um, but after this, then, then Bruce is like also just so tired that he passes out on top of the, the boss's body. It's and... funny. It's like this thing. I thought it was like, Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but that's and that's then the police show up, and that's that's the end of the movie. That's the big boss. That is a another great kung fu movieism of oh yeah, boss is dead. That's it. Yeah, Mo- movie's well, over. There's a nice little moment as he's kind of taken away. Yeah, it's like he's yeah. accepting like his like the his comeuppance. Yeah, there's yeah. That also the kind of standard Hong Kong situation where it's like yeah. oh, well you killed people so yeah, yeah like you, you are gotta go to jail yeah still gotta I, go to jail honestly he's killed more people than we've seen them kill <laughs> yeah that's, that's yeah it's true. true it's awesome yeah <laughs> they're like i was just lowering wages yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah that's true i guess it it's not just he stabs him with the fingers and then it's a freeze frame there's a little more to it but um, the the pull away shot, um, actually we're seeing it right now. The pull away shot is really iconic. Yeah, yeah. seeing Bruce Lee with his arms up, mm-hmm. and then the p- police arrest him. It looks mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's the big boss. Yeah, and I mean thematically, we're gonna see this kind of stuff exponentially addressed <laughs> yeah. in our next film. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. A lot of the a lot of the seeds are are planted here for for yeah some of the strongest Bruce Lee Bruce Lee themes, mm-hmm. um, but yeah really unique watch it's um, yeah it's a movie that I feel like is discovering itself as as it goes um, it very kind of dramatically hands from one lead over to another um, in a way that it, I think it's I, I don't have a good comparison. Um, for I I just yeah I'm I I like the movie I yeah. love the movie now um, <laughs> seeing awesome. yeah seeing the context of Bruce Lee making his name and that this setting him on this trajectory to become a legend 
and all of the stories that lead up to this point and where it goes from here um yeah i've got a major new appreciation for this film mm-hmm. dude that's beautiful I yeah love yeah i like the movie a lot i think i definitely i don't think i would have liked it as much if i didn't have all of this context mm. Um, totally because fair. like it's you know it's a good movie but whenever you don't have like all of the knowing like this is this is the first Bruce Lee movie like as we know a Bruce Lee movie um, then it kind of you know it th- changes the way you think see it totally and I think some folks have actually kind of come into it with almost like uh, an unfair context of, mm-hmm. like you're really hungry to see Bruce kind of you know get at it or you know about the legends so you're going to start at the beginning um I think that can kind of be a disadvantage to watching the movie. I think it's it's more helpful to imagine that you're in that you're in this time period in Hong Kong, and you're not expecting anything like a Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's Bruce. That's a uh, Big Boss, nineteen seventy one. Um, I can't believe we just did. Yeah, this. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is nuts. Just saying, like, oh, is it really recording? It is. Yeah, it is no, recording. I'm good. I'm, I'm glad it's recording because we just spent a little bit doing it. So. I could re-record this right now. I'm yeah. having a blast. I gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, but thank you so much for checking out our show. If you liked it, you can leave us a review. Whatever you're listening to this on, um, you can uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Heroes the Number Three Podcast on all three of them. And, um, I mean, you, you know, we've, we've already said what it is, but I guess Carlos? Let's say Carlos. What's yeah. our training for next week? So we are continuing on, and uh, we are going to be discussing another great film. Yeah. Uh, so much to say about this. Utter classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about Fist of Fury from 1972. Also just, known as just the one Chinese fist. Connection. Yeah, yeah, one fist, not yeah. plural. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome time. Cool. And it's great because there's there have been many allusions to this film mm-hmm. um, and other movies we've yeah. watched. And we literally watched a remake of it yeah, uh, yeah, with, with Jet Li. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, until next week where we're taking a look at Fist of Fury, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. We are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.